Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the This Is Ibrits podcast. I'm your host Ross Chalmers and this is our match preview for Rangers to Easter Road on Sunday to take on Avernian. Joining me tonight for this one is first of all Craig Dennett. Hi Craig, how are you? I'm good, thanks Ross. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm still buzzing from last weekend to be honest with you, so I'm looking to take this right through to Sunday. We've also got JB. JB, how are you tonight? Very well. Uh, looking forward to the game on Sunday, which I haven't said for a few weeks. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it and chat about it as well. Yeah, I think the the whole support's on a bit of a high right now. And even with the kind of the, the transfer silly season, looks, looks like it started a wee bit early, to be honest with you. I'm, I wasn't expecting it to be as rife as it, as it is right now with the transfer rumours, middle of May. So, Listen, there's a buzzer in the club right now, which is quite strange considering the, se- the season we've had. Um, but listen, that you've got to kind of cling on to anything at this stage, don't you? So let's hope we can continue to build us on this in the next three games. We'll just jump right into it then. Uh, we'll have a wee look at uh, Hibs, first of all, just their kind of form, things where they lie. Uh, they're currently fifth on 44 points. I think their ambition will be to, to get fourth. It's been a bit of a up-and-down season for Avernian. And uh, there was a lot of pressure on Lee Johnson early on this season, but they've done well to kind of turn it around and give themselves a, a chance for European football. I think in the last five, they've won two, threw two and lost one. Uh, the most recent game was a draw at Potosi against Aberdeen, which I'm pretty sure they were the better team that day and probably should have got the result. They were unlucky to be in the, on the end of a draw. And uh, obviously Aberdeen were lucky to get out of that one. We've actually obviously played them three times this season already. Uh, we drew 2 2 at Easter Road in August. I think we can all remember that day. It was a horrible decision from Willie Collum. He, he sent John Lundstrom off for the, the most cynical of fouls ever, but he decided that was a red card that day. Of course, it was rescinded. We then beat them 3 2 at Ibrooks. That was Michael Bull's first game after the World Cup break. And the last time we played them, I think, was March. We beat them 4 1 at Easter Road. And 
I'm not sure if you guys agree with it. I think that was Rangers' best performance of the season that day. I think it was an all-round complete performance. And, and especially from kind of Ryan Jack, he really came back in the in the Rangers team that night and showed how good he is. So, Craig, we'll, we'll start with yourself. That's obviously a bit of a rundown of Hibs. What are you expecting from Hibs in this game? They, they do... They, they, they did finish in the top half of the split. They, it does look like they have something to play for now with European football. Well, what are you expecting? They were quite aggressive in the last game we've seen at Easter Road. Do you expect a, a similar performance from Hibernian? I don't fully expect them to go as aggressive as they did last time. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. But I think they... Um, I think they'll still be open and I think they'll still have a go. I, I, Hibs very rarely... I can't really remember a time when Hibs have sat back against us and, and tried to try to play a low block and two banks of two banks of five and force us to break them down. They've always been a team that has a bit of a go at us. They I guess they always seem to it's about a wee bit like Aberdeen, but not to the same extent. They always have a bit more of a go at us than they do against the team the other side of the city. And it's um it always makes for an entertaining game as well. If there's one thing that happens when Rangers play Hibs, it's definitely goals. Um so I'd I'd expect quite an open game. We've got players we saw last week against Celtic. Um, we've got players that are looking to make their mark, um, prove their worth to Michael Beale, and I would expect more of the same this coming week. And that's that's an exciting thing for for us as fans to watch. The the season's done, the season's been done for a for a long time. So at least give us some entertaining football to watch and some some Rangers goals being scored that we can celebrate. So I'm I'm hoping that it is a bit of an open game, but I don't expect it to be as open as it was in that in that four one game that you mentioned previously. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one because I think we've seen both Edinburgh sides this season decide to open up against us and both of them have really been punished, uh, especially at home. They've felt that they can go toe-to-toe with Rangers and in both games we've we've given them a bit of a doing, let's be honest. Uh, both Hibs and Hearts really struggled against us. JB, what do you think? Do you think we're going to see very much what Craig's saying there and a, a bit of a ding-dong between the two sides? They'll both go for it. I suppose at this stage of the season, there's not too much to lose for Rangers. I would imagine they're going to be very aggressive. Do you think Hibs will be the same? They, they do have things to play for. Will they be a wee bit more tentative in possession or are they just going to give it a go? What do you think? Yeah, I think they'll probably come at us. They'll come at us early doors, won't they? So I think that's where they've had, to be fair to them, they've had a wee bit of success over the last couple of seasons. Um, thinking back to the games earlier on in the season, they've gone one 0 up. And certainly, they did in the last game, and then I think they did at Ibrox. If memory serves me right, as well, was it? It was Porteous, wasn't it? Because Porteous was linked with us in the week, and then lo and behold, um, he, he put us one 0 up, but um, obviously wiped the smile off his face quite quickly. Um, and then I think they they went two one up straight away. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar start for them. Um, as you've touched on there, I think they'd be very naive to try and come aggressive at us. Um, I think it'll be lively and competitive to start with, but there's no doubt we're going to be probably going with the pace up top again. I know we'll get to the team you shortly, but if they do leave gaps, we have got two good, really good players who can find that space and drive into it. And we've now got that extra bit of quality uh, with Cantwell, who can who can see that pass as well. So if uh, we do go with Sakala and Matunda, and there's plenty of there's plenty of outlet there for, for to get in behind them if they do come at us. Um, again, I'd like to see us starting as the aggressor. Um, I mean, if we come out as we did on at the weekend, there we could blow them away in the first 15, 20 minutes. But with this Rangers team, if they do start lackluster, then there's a very good chance we'll be punished. So, yeah, I think it's um, it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting first 20 minutes. That'll probably tell you where the game's going to go. 
Yeah, I think you're right. And I think we've seen the last two games that we've been susceptible to, to set pieces. Hibs have scored two, I think, against us. I think the one at Easter Road that night was awful defending. Uh, and I remember the one at Ibrox. I don't think it's great defending. I think it's just, you know, Brian Porteous is in there. He's an aggressive and he gets he gets his head on it. And yeah, you're right. I do believe the 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 links with him that week with Rangers were strong. So it just, it was typical that he had to score that header. And I, I think if you'll remember, he ran up the touchline, didn't he? Holding his ear and things like that. So yeah, it was good to to eventually go on and get the win that night and kind of put him back in his place. Let's put it that way. Craig, we'll come back to you then. I always like doing this, kind of picking out a few players from, from opposition sides. It's an op- opportunity to talk about other SPFL players. I think sometimes as Rangers fans, and like any fan of any club, to be fair, you're very focused on your own club. And there are some good players in the league. I think Hibs have a few. Uh, Martin Boyle's one of them. He's obviously out injured at the moment. He was ruled out for the season. That was a, a, a bad knee injury he got. Uh, Aidan McGeady is another player that's out for them. But the kind of two that I always think of when I think of Hibs right now are, first of all, Kevin Isbitt and uh, Elias Ewan, I believe. I think he might be on loan and they might be trying to bring him in permanently. What do you think of these two players, Craig? And really what I'm trying to ask you here is, what do you think about Kevin Nisbet? Because he is a player that is linked with us a lot. And this might be an opportunity for opportunity, sorry, for him to really show how good he is. What What do you make of the player? I thought you were about to tell me Eddie McGeady was a good player there and I was about to shut you, to shut you straight down on that one. So um, I'm surprised he even made the list there, to be honest. So shame on you for that one, Ross. Um, I think... With Kevin Nisbet, he's a he's a player that's been touted as potentially not our starting number nine, but one of the th- one of the three strikers that that we should have at the club. I think his name and Shanklin's name have been um, repeatedly mentioned as as potential options for us. I think Kevin Nisbet's a good player. I think his um, finishing ability and his movement are both really impressive. He scores a lot of. G- goals with very few chances which is which is something that that works that I think has made him stand out it's always interesting when you consider how would that fit into a Rangers team where he gets five or six chances in a game rather than one or two he gets with Hibs and does that ratio convert more often than not it probably doesn't I think Chris Boyd's probably the last one that was able to kind of make that ratio convert in the same in the same manner as he as he was doing for Kilmarnock when it, when the number of chances increased. So, uh, Kevin Nisbet always scores against us. He's just one of these players that always finds the back of net against us. He scored some cracking goals. Um, he's always a danger danger man on that front. But I've been really impressed by Goldson and Sutter and how they've handled a, a variety of different strikers. Even last week in the Old Firm game, they had um, they had O, who's a, a sort of big a big centre forward who was throwing his weight about in the first half last week and he dealt really well with that one. And then 65 minutes on, they had both Kyogo and uh, Maida running at them. And again, they were both confident and they were both, um, they both did really well uh, against them. So what, whatever Kevin Nisbet turns up, whether it's it's one that's up for a fight or it's one that's, um, that's um, hitting shots from all angles, I'm confident that a centre-half partnership of Goldson and um, Suter will be able to will be able to handle whatever's thrown at them. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the John Suter and Cora Goldson showed last week in the Old Firm you know, that they can be a good partnership. And I don't really doubt any of our centre-backs, to be honest, in this league in, in terms of dealing with SPFL strikers. But I do agree with you in the sense of we've seen 
times where Kevin Nisbet has given us a bit of a runaround. Uh, there's been plenty of games, especially in Ibrooks, you've seen really good performances from Kevin Nisbet. He's got a few goals. And it's definitely a player I like. It's, it's a player I, I hope the club would look at at least and explore the opportunity. Sometimes that you know it doesn't make sense for Rangers to to put a lot of money down for these players. Are you being priced out of it? I totally respect that, but I think he's definitely a player that we should you know they should be on our radar. You have a real look at his record for this season. Uh, he's got ten goals and one assist in sixteen games. You know it's really good. It's a really good record, and we've seen that throughout the years for him with Hibs and. I think I read an article about this the other day. He's actually returned from injury, like a really, really bad injury, really well. Like he looks really strong. He's responded well to it. And I think that's always a good sign uh, for a professional footballer that they'd respond to these things well. So, look, I'm a fan of the player. JB, what about yourself, Kevin? Is, yeah. but is he someone that, that interests you? Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. He'd be a good signing because he recovers well from injury. Um, <laughs> I don't think we've had too many of them, have we, to be fair? But no, um, I think you made some good good points. I don't think you've hit the fact that you're a fan of him there. I think you can then release your um, your Nisbet tattoo. But um, no, I, yeah, I, I like him. I think well, one thing I do like about him, um, I think Craig made the point there in terms of can players, they might do well at one club, but can they transition into playing for Rangers? One thing I like about him is the type of goals that he scores. So he's very both-footed. Um, a lot of his goals he can score in a, proud, a crowded penalty box. And also, I like the way he takes shots early. He's got that instinct. Uh, so if we think of Cantwell's goal at the um, at the weekend, there it was just it was just bang. It was just reaction. Whereas you know, if that had been like the likes of Morellas, Sakala, um, probably show not necessarily Sholak. I think Sholak got that instinct, that killer instinct. Uh, but he's definitely someone I think that would. He would just tick a lot of boxes. Let's have it right. If he was in the Rangers squad tomorrow, uh, on the, when we play, we play the game on Sunday, he would be in the starting for us. So um, I don't think there's any question about that. Would I take him over Morellas right now? Yes, I would. Um, and as you say, to score 10 and 16, and I don't think Hibs have had the best of seasons. They've been a bit, bit stop-start. So for him to remain, remain consistent throughout for them has been good. And I think... I think I definitely think he falls under the category when you put better players around him. I think he'll perform. Um, we're going to dominate and we are going to create chances. And he likes to get into positions where uh, where he can score goals. I think that's been one of the challenges we've had, even with Morellas, for all his qualities over the years and um, the, the great memories he's given us, certainly on big European nights. Are we signing Nisbet? Would we sign Nisbet for the big European night? Probably not. But we'd certainly be, it'd certainly be a great asset for us against the. Uh, team domestically, um, and if what well, one thing we've learned in the last few years, if we do go have a good, I'm hoping Champions League run, but uh, say Europa League run, uh, then having these players that can deal with things domestically will be invaluable. So no, somebody I would welcome. I wouldn't go over the odds, so I wouldn't get held to ransom for him. But if we could someone we could pick up for just shy of two million, um, then definitely something that I'd do business with. I think Ross as well. I think uh, he was close to moving in the in the January transfer window, wasn't he? He was, was at Millwall, if I remember correctly. Yeah. He was close to to moving. He he ended up turning down that deal. Um, he may have just seen Millwall and and the den and thought, no, no chance. <laughs> or, he, or he may have something else. Um, he may have something else up his sleeve that's coming this summer. When he rejected that deal, a lot of people thought Rangers would be in for him or he's been given the nod that, that he was a target for Rangers or and and that we would be uh, one of the 
places they would land in the summer. So it'll be interesting to see if that develops. It does go because though we are doing a lot of our business early. I don't know if that is purely from the working the free transfer in Bosman market at this stage, and then the the players will pay money for it will come sort of when the when the league season's finished. But I think I would be surprised if Kevin Nisbet hasn't had a nod. He's going somewhere this summer. I just I, I'm not entirely sure if it's Rangers or not. Well, Craig, JB gave us gave us his kind of thoughts on the fee that he would be comfortable with Rangers spending for Kevin is about around the kind of one and a half, two million mark. Do you do you agree with that figure? If it if it happened to go above that, if Hib started looking for two and a half, three million, is is that is that out of range for you? I think when you compare it when you compare him as a player and the qualities that he could offer us to a Rabi Matondo for example, who we paid two and a half, three million pounds for, I wouldn't I wouldn't really have an issue spending that amount of money on a striker who is pretty much guaranteed to give you 15 goals a season in the league, even if he's coming off the bench and scoring them, he's probably guaranteed to get you that level of goals. Um, so I'd rather do that with a player I know what their qualities are and I've seen and I have confidence than taking a punt on someone that potentially looks good on a video or has looked good in a couple of games the scouts have been to see them and so I would I would probably go a bit higher than JB but I wouldn't go any higher than three million. Um but at the same time are there other areas of the pitch where we need to spend that money more wisely? I'd say up front and, and our strikers are the are the key area of the pitch for us this season. There's rumours that Cholak might go. I'd quite like to see Cholak stay. Uh, if I'm honest, I think he's a he's, I think he's a really good asset. He just needs game time. But I don't think Cholak is our main striker. Would Kevin Nisbet be enough to be our main striker? Probably not. So you're still you're if you're spending three million or two and a half million on Kevin Nisbet, you're still looking at probably five six million on on our main number nine. And is Kevin Nisbet going to want to come to Rangers knowing he's not going to be start number nine? I'd question that as well. Yeah, I think that's a good point and something we always forget about that players have their own kind of career paths in mind and maybe he doesn't see it at this stage going to compete to be the number nine. Maybe he wants to, he's got a good record at Hibs and maybe feels wherever he goes, he should be the next, you know, starting number nine. So that always has to be taken into consideration. But if I'm Rangers and I'm looking at it, you know, it's a squad game these days. You always hear that when it comes to top level football. And I think Kevin Nisbet is someone that could definitely help us. JB made a great point there. Are you really going to sign him to be a guy that's going to be starting for you in any European fixtures, big games? Probably not. Uh, but I'd like to think you sign any player with the potential of them becoming that one day. And I think Kevin Isbitt's shown enough that he could be brought in under Michael Beale, developed even further, and he could be a great striker for us one day and maybe take that number nine shirt. But listen, it's a good discussion because I think a lot of Rangers fans go back and forth on it. There's a lot of debate about where his allegiances lie. I think we've all heard this and you know, that, that is completely fair if fans are questioning that and feel like if someone supports another side, they shouldn't sign for Rangers. Listen, I totally understand it. But just in terms of the player himself, would he add value to Rangers? I'm, I'm pretty sure he would. So it'll be a really interesting summer. I'd like to see Rangers target more SPFL players if they're up to the quality. And I think he is one of them. So, yeah, like you said, Craig, it will be an interesting summer. So we've covered Hibs quite in depth there, actually. Uh, we've covered Kevin a bit quite in depth. We'll move on to, obviously, Rangers now. So we come into the game, a really fantastic 3-0 win uh, last week against Celtic in the old form. I, I think 
a lot of people were maybe surprised by that level of performance, maybe not by result. I think there was a bit of an expectancy that day that Rangers just had to get the result. It was really, really important for Michael Beale. But in terms of how we turned up and, and really controlled the game and nullified Celtic, was probably a bit surprising based on the other games this season. We've seen a lot of positive performances that day, right? And we could sit here all, all night and talk about how good we were. JB, I'll come to you first. How how can Rangers use these next three games to, you know, keep the performance levels high and try and build some momentum going into the summer? Because we all know, right, let's add some context. They don't mean anything, okay? And we can't sit here and pretend that they're going to mean lots in terms of the context of winning trophies, right? But how important is it for Michael Beale to use these next three games to really assess who in this squad he wants to keep around next season and who he wants to move on? Yeah, I think it's ma- it's massive, isn't it? Um, it's not very often as a Rangers manager you, you get what what you class as free hits, and what I mean by that is um, the opportunity to maybe take a wee bit of a gamble uh, and look at things. So, say for example, McCrory. Let's have it right. It was a gamble to put him in at the weekend. However, it's um, it's turned out to be a gamble that's paid off well. Uh, I would argue it was a gamble to go with a couple of the other pl- uh, selections last week, but it worked. Oh, well, so I think over the next few few games, I think it would be very naive if we didn't. So, say for example, Kemp was available, Morellas was fully was available, um, and one or two others who potentially out the door. If these guys were all available, would I start them? Probably wouldn't. Um, I'd have them on the bench to come on and give us impact because at the end of the day, we still want to win. Um, we still want to pick up as many points as we can. Um, we do. We know, regardless of the situation, that the teams that we're coming up against, it's going to be their cup finals. You know what I mean? That uh, Hibs tomorrow, don't try telling them that the league's already won. They just want to try and put one over us. doesn't matter whether it's a pre-season game, cup game or whatever it might be. So I think it's um, it's just so important. And I think for, for us as fans as well, I think there's a real interest in terms of how players are going to perform. Um, so the likes of Suter starting to see him getting a wee bit of a run. He stepped into the midfield with the ball uh, a couple of times at the weekend. Absolutely fantastically. Three men round him. Just dropped a shoulder, and next thing you know, bang, we're on the front foot. Um, I dare say he, he's, he looks more comfortable. He actually doesn't look comfortable on the ball, but he always seems to make the pass, or he seems to make it. He looks a wee bit awkward because I think he's quite heavy up top. But he's um, some of some of his play was fantastic, and I think between him and Yilmaz uh, is another one that I'm looking forward to seeing develop and grow. He actually seemed to develop as the game went on. On um, at the weekend there, he almost felt as if, I was going to say, he, he grew in stature, but uh, given the size of him, he can, he can only go up, can he? But um, he, you can see the confidence was, was flying through him. He was both feet, he was cutting inside, he was aggressive in the, in the tackle. He, oh, he loves a forward pass, uh, which I absolutely love. And if you've got players that can take the ball on the turn, um, the, likes of, the likes of Cantwell, the likes of Raskin, um, then him, he, his build-up play is going to be is going to be massive for us moving into next season. Um, I, I, I personally have had me doubts um, about him whether he was going to be able to settle. Um, you hear a few whispers in terms of how he's been performing and training and stuff, and uh, not getting five-star reports. But uh, at the end of the day, we'll judge him on what he does on the pitch, what we've seen over the last few weeks, uh, and in the short cameo before his injury, um, he's definitely going to. He's going to give us something to something to be happy about. So, I think in terms of the other positions, um, again, the, the the midfield a tricky one because I expect Lundstrom to stay, um, but obviously Kamara's going to be away. 
and I know we'll get into team selection later on, but I'd be interested to see if he maybe comes in for Jack tomorrow um, to see whether whether his style um, will actually probably support us. He tends to play well at him, so I don't know what it is, uh, but in recent years he's, he's tend to, tended to perform, so uh, no doubt the manager will take that all into account, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the last, last few games. Um, and again, look all, all even more so looking forward to the start of next season because I think I do think we've got the right man in charge. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think that shows where we are as a support right now, JB, but you're kind of last sentence there that we can use these, these games to build momentum for next season. And there is a bit of excitement at the moment, which is a strange place to be considering the, the predicament we're in with the club. Craig, what about yourself then? You know, you can look at this from both perspectives. You know, how important is it for some of these players that have came in? JB's touched on the likes of John Suter, Red Van Yilmaz, you know, even Rabi Matondo came in last week and, and he didn't do badly throughout the game. He was okay. Uh, what about Michael Beal? You know, how, how important are these next three games for him? Can he really, if he can get three comfortable wins in the next three games and with good performances, does that again take another layer of pressure off him in the summer and that, okay, we can now see where we're going with you. Now it's up to you to bring in the players and continue this next season. What do you think? I think that positivity is probably already there. Um, I think the the win against Aberdeen followed by the win against Celtic last week is is given that that positivity. I think heading into Sunday, JB keeps trying to fast forward us through the weekend and saying it's tomorrow, but it is in Sorry. fact Sunday that we're, Sunday that we're playing. Um, I think... If he if he can get five wins out of five post split, that's a huge boost. I don't think many of us would would be expecting that as we were heading into the split. We were all quite down on the team. We were all quite down on um, the quality that we that we had within the squad. We probably went too far, if if we're brutally honest. But I think that's the ups and downs of being a fan. And and when we lost that um, Scottish Cup semi final to Celtic, everyone was. It was it was a real low point of the season, and everyone was calling for everyone to be sacked and everyone to be chucked out the chucked out the team and all that and sold in the summer and all that sort of stuff. They largely the team isn't or the squad isn't that bad. We just need slightly better. I think that's the that's the that's the main takeaway, especially from the performance last weekend. Now, I've seen a lot. I've seen it thrown around that last weekend didn't matter. It, it didn't in the grand scheme of things. We've Previous games against Celtic, especially the four since Michael Beal has come in, they've all been tight games. We lost three of them by one goal, and uh, we drew we drew one with a quite a late equaliser from from Celtic. I don't think as a as a team or a squad we are that far away. It's just having that consistency throughout the full thirty eight game season that we just we've not had this season and uh, the. This season has been defined by how bad that Champions League campaign was, and it's just snowballed as as time has gone on. And fans, don't the fans have really recovered from it? I don't think the players have really recovered from the the negativity there, and that's probably why bringing these 
fresh faces, I say fresh faces, players who haven't necessarily been in the squad or in, in the starting lineup very often has probably lifted a bit of that doom and gloom and it's probably given a bit of positivity. You've seen the likes of Ben Davies was getting quite a bit of criticism in, in recent games. He's gone out injured. John Suter's came in and looked very assured and looked very solid and he's performed well and so much so that I think he's probably overtaken Ben Davies as my personal preferred um, starting centre half partner, partner alongside Conor Goldson even if Ben Davies is fit. But Van Yoma has been desperate to see him play all season. He had that he had that injury with it in his hamstring that we had him out for quite an extent an extensive period of time. JB mentioned some of the the rumours about issues in training and um, his his effort and stuff. But every time you see him on the pitch, he looks he looks assured. He looks like he, he knows exactly what he's doing. He looks confident. He looks as though he's um, he's a completely different type of player from Borna Barisic and. We've probably got used to the way Borna Barisic plays pretty much the same. We've got used to the way James Tavenier plays as well. And when something different is offered, that also impacts their opposition and how they play. They're not quite sure how to deal with Yilmaz running running down the inside channel instead of the outside. Borna Barisic doesn't even really run at players. He's just a, either cross at first time or one touching cross. Whereas Yilmaz was bursting past um, Anthony Ralston quite a bit at fullback last weekend and his final ball probably got to be slightly better in terms of being able to pick out a, a, a Rangers player but I thought he, uh, Red, Red Van Yilmaz was really positive last week I'd expect him to to do more of the same like he'll, there's no doubt he'll start the final three games of the season and then Matondo I keep hearing he's been okay he's he's got he's doing a bit better than we thought he would but I I, I don't think he's to me, he's not good enough to be a starter for us. And if you're not good enough to be a starter for us, I'm really questioning, should you be a squad player either? Um, I, I, sometimes we, we'd, we're we just like, right, let's get the starting 11 sorted and then we don't worry about what's behind them. I don't think OK is good enough. Now, Nico Rask, Rask as we could say, Raskan to keep you happy there, Ross, but I, I went for Raskin. Uh, I was having an argument with one head there. Um I think Nico Raskin said earlier in the week that he he knows Ravi Matondo from his time in Belgium. He's known Ravi Matondo for quite a while and he's he's a really good player. Sometimes you just need to give um, players time to settle in a new area, a new environment. It's, it's probably easy to forget that Ravi Matondo is 22. So he's, he's not he's not an old player. He's not a, he's been to, he's had a really good youth career. So I'm willing to give him the next three games. Rabbi Matondo to show what he has, but if he doesn't show it in the next three games, I can't, I can't, as a, I can't in good faith push him forward into next season and believe he'll play a big part in our team. Well, interesting you picked up on that point there, Akri, about uh, Raskan, you know, complimenting Rabbi Matondo. I think he said something similar about Ryan Kent earlier this season, didn't he? And we've seen how that's worked out. So I'm not sure how much uh, Nico Raskan complimenting our players is going to go in the future because it doesn't seem to be working out at the moment. I do agree with what you're saying about Ravi Matondo in terms of, and I think I, I discussed this a couple of weeks ago in the podcast, it, because we don't really have anything up there at the moment, we're kind of clinging on to any anything we deem as acceptable. Do you get what I mean? And Ravi Matondo being able to beat a man and, and work hard and, and, and put pressure on defenders, we're taking that as, wow, he's, he's really showing a lot and this guy really has a chance. 
I agree with you. I think he still has a wee bit to do. This is another opportunity for him in these three games. I'm pretty certain he might not start all of them, but I think he'll get a lot of minutes. And this is an opportunity for him to show Michael Beal. The other one there you were speaking about in terms of we're conditioned to how certain players play. Alfredo Morelos is a massive one for me when it comes to that. I think the Rangers fans are conditioned at this point to believe that that is a number nine. You know, the way Alfredo Morelos plays has to be someone that drops in, takes the ball. You know, it's always a physical battle with the defender. You can have different styles on number nine, and maybe we are at that point now that Michael Beal feels he needs something different, and that'll be interesting. The last one as well was about Ridvan Yilmaz. And JB, I know you talk about this a lot in terms of getting numbers into the box, bodies committing themselves. Well, what Ridvan Yilmaz gives you is, you know, the ammunition for these midfield runners because he's so willing to take on his, you know, the opposing fullback and get to the byline. When he gets there, you know, you either fire the, the ball across the goal or you cut it back. It's such a optimal way of creating chances. And I think that's something that Bill will be looking at. In terms of his system, if you if you've got a fullback that can play like that, a wingback that can play like that, you can mix you can really mix it up how you create chances. So, look, a lot of good points in there, Craig. I'll stick with yourself then. Just in terms of, I really want to highlight these two again, right? Because I know we've we've spoke about them loads on numerous podcasts, right? But Nico Raskan himself and Todd Campbell, you spoke there about the kind of freshness. You know how impressed have you been with them? I think. <laughs> through the podcast because we've had to cover so much. I feel we've found it quite difficult to analyse Todd Campbell, really, other than saying he's great, right? But what what is it about him that has really impressed you so far? I think it's his game awareness, his awareness of how the system works. Um, he is quite fluid in his positioning, so he's he knows where other players are supposed to be, and if they're not there, he'll go fill in that gap. And if Someone, if someone else has moved to a different position and he sees a space, he'll move into that and try and take the ball. He's always looking for the ball. He'll drop his, he'll drop as deep as he needs to to go and get that ball. And as soon as he gets it, he's driving forward. He's not looking sideways. He's not looking backwards. He's driving forward, and more often than not, he's driving straight at the heart of of a midfield or straight at the heart of a defence. And too often, previously, I think we've gone. It's the horseshoe thing, isn't it? Where you just go from side to side to side and you don't really try and penetrate the opposition team at any point. Cantwell is not that player at all. Cantwell picks up the ball and he drives at them. And that that causes confusion uh, amongst the opposition and panic as well. And that's we've really benefited from that. He's also really creative around the edge of the box. He's not scared to take the ball in tight spaces. He's not scared to have quick one-twos. He's not scared to have a shot from outside the box which is something that we lacked for such a long period of time. And we've seen, I guess, more recently that he's he can finish as well when it really comes down to it. And he's, he, especially in uh, pressure situations, that, that goal against Celtic last weekend was it's a really hard finish when you see it in slow motion. The ball's bouncing. He's got to get over the top of it. He's um, He's got it, Joe Hart's coming out to narrow the angle. Fair enough, he smashes it straight at Joe Hart, uh, but it goes through it goes through Joe Hart's legs and he gets the lot. But it's a good strike, and he's been aware enough that um, when the when John Woodstrom hits the shot and it rebounds out, he's the first to react. The Celtic defenders kind of looking over one shoulder, looking over the other shoulder. Todd Cantwell's already in the ball by the time the the defender realizes where he is, and having that having that awareness. And having that ability to drive at a defence just offers us something a bit different. Um, 
I think it's clear to see his qualities above almost anything else we have in the team. And I think that's why it was so important we got him in January. One, If you look at it, £1.5 million for Todd Cantwell now, we've already had value for money out of him. And I think one of the things I wasn't aware of what Todd Cantwell can offer is the, the physicality, the strength, the, um, the, the willingness to go in and do the do the dirty work as well and we really saw that against against Celtic this time around and he really imposed himself on the game so we're really impressed with with Todd Cantwell like you say I think we've struggled to to find the the, the opportunity to really look into what he does and uh, Nico Raskin's been really impressive as well he again a bit like Cantwell he, he enjoys the physical side of the game but he can pick a pass and he wants to do it quickly which is one of the criticisms we've had with John Lundstrom. It's one of the criticisms, criticisms we've had of Ryan Jack is that, yes, they win the ball back, but then they just kind of wait for the opposition to get into 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 their own setup, and then they pass the ball sideways to the fullback. And it's like, well, that's not helping us in any way whatsoever. So I think that what Nico Raskin can do is is something different. Um, and playing alongside someone like Ryan Jack, um, that can really give... A, a real benefit to us going forward. JB, what about yourself then? This is this is your platform to to tell us how much you you love Todd Campbell as a player. What, what about the two, the two then? Todd Campbell and Nico Raskin. How how impressed have you been considering they have only both arrived in January? And I think I've said this before. But in modern day football, you're you always want to give players time. You're more willing to give players time, let them settle. But these two have just kind of just grabbed the opportunity and and ran with it and. They look, they, they're going to be two of the main players in our team next season. How, how impressed have you been? Yeah, no, thoroughly impressed, as you touched on there. I think it was a great bit of business uh, to get them in. Uh, again, similar to the word you used earlier, it's always a risk or a gamble. Certainly uh, when players are running into the last six months of the contract, in most cases there's a reason why players are running contracts down. Uh, it's either to get a big move or they fell out of favour or whatever it might be or they've just lost form and uh, they haven't got that spark. So, to get Raskin, for, Raskin first of all, uh, for the price that we got him, because uh, that is going to turn out to be an absolute steal. Um, he obviously, he's had a couple of in, niggling injuries. You're always going to get when you haven't played football for as long as he did, and then he obviously we we him straight in, and it's almost right you need to be playing back to back over the next few over the next few weeks. And since he's come in, you can just see, you know, when you just look at a play and you go, he's got it. You know, like he's got, he's two-footed. He goes either way, uh, similar to Campbell. He'll take the ball on the ten. Um, his his vision's fantastic. He's got that little bit of dig, that little bit of nastiness that I think he needs from a central midfielder. Certainly playing for Rangers. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a goal-scoring midfielder. I think when he gets, uh, I think they called him a jigsaw the other week, like when he goes into the box. But I think he uh, he's going to offer so much more uh, than than just than, than scoring goals. I think. Going to be, he's going to be that guy with the clever pass. And again, similar to what we said earlier about being excited for next season, I can't wait to see him with a good pre-season under his belt um, and really look to start to work the team round the likes of him and Cantwell. Uh, in regards to Cantwell, one of the things I was really impressed, I sit up in the Dublin rear and uh, there was times there was times at the weekend there where he was actually dictating where he wanted Matondo and Carla to be out of possession. You know, won't you, um, if if they had throw-ins or if one of them was just switched off. Um, I'm quite critical in terms of we've got a lot of players that are, that are fantastic at ball watching. 
um, especially our forward guy. Um, and if you've got players that ball watch, don't tend to force mistakes. Uh, but whereas if you've got somebody that's absolutely in your ear, um, I don't think Tavani is that type of captain. Um, I don't think he's the type that's going to be demanding people close down and shut the space. So if you've got another captain type uh, in Cantwell high up the pitch, I think it only looks good. And his, his style of play is infectious as well. Um, the way he threw himself into that challenge uh, just prior to the Sakala goal. Even if we hadn't scored on the back of that, we'd probably still be talking about that challenge because of the fact that he keeps it's it's what we've been crying out for. for well, I'm gonna say crying out for. It's something that we demand. We just want players to go out there and give it 110, percent and the fans, the fans will love you. So, yeah, I'm I'm pleased with the pair of them. Um, as I say, and I can't wait to see what they're going what they're gonna do moving forward. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think you made a really good point there on Todd Cantwell, JB, when it when it came to, to last weekend. And I noticed the same thing, that he was kind of moving Matondo and, and Sakala around. And I think that shows real leadership. Someone that's just got here and he understands his role in the team is, is to make these guys better and, and, and make them understand, you know, from out of possession where they need to be. That shows the level he's played at as well, his game understanding yeah. is, is top, and that's really good. And from where I was sitting, luckily enough, in the press country, you actually seen once Todd Campbell had kind of directed that, Bill changed it. So he he was given the kind of two and a one, and he was... So it, it's really interesting to see that he has that influence within this team already. Uh, and I think he's just going to get better and better. This is a guy that is, like I said, he's played at a top level, you know, and he's coming in here to really reinvigorate his career uh, and what a platform to do it. Uh, Rangers is a great club to come and do that. And so, yeah, I've been really, really impressed with him. This next one then, before we kind of got into predicted lineups and your kind of score lines, I'm just going to ask you, you don't need to give me a long answer for this one if you don't need to. Can you justify any of the players that have been, you know, regulars within this team coming back in? Can you justify JB, Borna Barisic, Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos? If if they are available, can you justify any of them coming back into the team right now? No, in short. Um, I think they do deserve, um, if they're fit and available, I wouldn't mind seeing them on the bench on against Hart last home game. I think um, what they've contributed to the club over the last few years, the memories that they've given us, I think they do deserve that good send-off. Uh, I know that might, that might might be a bit controversial, uh, given the fact that you might argue, well, the fact that they, they haven't bothered with Toss for the last six months or so. But um, let's have it right. Some of the memories then two kids have given us, wow, uh, think about Morella's away at Feyenoord uh, and uh, I was one of the few in the no way fans loud at Young Boys and his performance that night was playable. Um, Ryan Kent again, Dortmund's away in Dortmund. Um, it was just, you're just standing there going, wow, uh, this is this is what they, they generally look like Premier League footballers and I think that's why we've, we've kind of held them in such a high regard. Um, but I appreciate there has been a drop off over the last few months. Uh, Bourne is probably slightly different in the fact that uh, one I took him my player of the year at the start, so uh, I wanted to get back in and prevent that. I think he's had a good season. 
Um, but I think it's too important that we don't we get a proper look at Yilmaz. Um, I actually think Yilmaz, and again, this is controversial, I think Yilmaz would be a cracking left of three, of a back three. You might go, oh, he hasn't got the player, but we won't be asking him to be going up and winning heads. That's what goals are for. But for somebody that could carry the ball out of a back three, it'd be fantastic, especially in Europe. Have it right in Europe. They're not playing to the high ball, are they? You know what I mean? There's no um, there's no log throwers in there. So it's almost a case of we're going to want players who are comfortable on the ball, dynamic, quick. Uh, so if we wanted to look at a five next year, and he's the left of a three. But you also think Sterling will also come into that um, that mould as well. Uh, but we're going to start looking at future transfers in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing how Yilmaz develops. But um, Ball is one that I think we know what he can do. So if he's staying next season. I just was happy for them to wrap him up in cotton wool and get to spend time with the, the new baby and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's my view. Craig, what about yourself? Justify any of these players coming back in? I, I mean, I've seen you're shaking your head, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to, say, to say no, essentially. I think, uh, well, no. <laughs> I think um, these players have had more than enough opportunity this season to show that they were worth, especially the likes of... Uh, Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos, who were, in the grand scheme of things, playing for their future at Rangers. Whether they actually saw their future at Rangers, even at that early stage of the season, it's up for debate. I'd, I'd suggest Alfredo Morelos in particular didn't see his future at Rangers from quite early on. But I don't. They've had all season to impress. It's now up to to these guys, the likes of um, Matondo, even Sakala to a certain extent through the middle. He's not had much of a chance um, playing in that role and. I think it's a role he does well in. We saw last week again, probably more in games against the top six than than against teams in the bottom six who are more likely to sit back. But games against Hibs, games against Hearts, Aberdeen to an extent, and Celtic, those are teams that are going to come and have a go at Rangers. And having someone like Sakala there can offer us something completely different to what, like you say, we've potentially could become, I don't think there's any potentially, I think we have become conditioned to how Alfredo Morelos plays and it's difficult to see a Rangers team or see in your own head a Rangers team playing a, a different way to that but it's one that we we saw, I suppose, green shoots of at the weekend there and it's, I think these remaining games we can see, we can see more of that. It won't suit every game but I think players like, like that and Yanis Hadji to an extent as well hasn't had much game time either and he's probably one of the few sellable assets that we actually have um, JB spoke about Borna Barisic I would, I've said many times in the podcast I would sell Borna Barisic in the summer I think he's come to the end of his cycle at, at Rangers I think Red Van Yilmaz is a potential starting left back I'm not fully convinced as yet Dujon Sterling uh, I saw today that he's rumoured to have signed a four year um, deal with, with us. Obviously, it won't be announced until the end of the season, but if that's the case, he's someone that's highly rated. He's been good for Blackpool this season, I believe, was it? Um, and Stoke. Was it Stoke? Sorry. Blackpool the season before, I believe. There we go. I knew there was two teams there. Um, <laughs> he's been uh, but he's been good for them. He's highly rated um, from Chelsea and if it's him and Yom Mask um, going into going into next season at left back, I'd probably be quite encouraged by that. If Borna Barisic is still hanging about there, expecting to be starting, I would I would be less encouraged by that. So 
I think this summer we all know it's going to be a huge change. We all know there's going to be plenty of players we're used to just expecting to see in the squad that are going to be heading out the door. And uh, I think it's time that these guys are probably... I'm, I'm normally one for sentimentality. I, I fully expect to see Alan McGregor play against Hearts or at least come on with 10 minutes to go against Hearts or to say a, a farewell to Ibrooks. But the likes of Kent, the likes of Morelos, the likes of Barisic, I wouldn't... I wouldn't be for letting them back in in the team anytime soon. It's funny where our minds are at the moment because both of you there answered the question about potentially bringing these players back with talking about, you know, players for the future, whether that's with Van Yomas or transfers and things. And I, I think I think it's just, it's actually quite sad, really, to be honest, because JB touched on it there. Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent over the years have been massive players for us. And, and some of those European performances that they, they put up for us, you know, that that header, the two headers from Morelos and, and Feyenoord were unbelievable. I think at that point, what a striker we had. And of course, you go back to Ryan Kent, there's been plenty of games in Europe where he's tore full packs apart. That night in Dortmund, you know, you're playing a Champions League level side and he turned them inside out. I mean, the, these are, as once time passes, these are memories we'll hold on to and we'll think of these fair, players fondly, I'm sure of it. But it's just quite funny where our minds are at the moment. We just kind of want to put it to the side and 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 move on. Uh, and yeah, like I said, it, it's quite a sad place to be in. But that's football, I suppose. Sometimes it doesn't have the kind of happy ending you expect. So we'll just jump on then to to the lineup. So these are the your predicted lineups. What you expect to see, not necessarily what you want it to be. And I think this is the better way because obviously we've discussed the kind of players there. So Craig, we'll start with you first. What what lineup are you expecting to see at Easter Road on Sunday? I feel expect to see the same lineup that played last Saturday or yeah, last Saturday it was. Um, I'm now going to test my memory to try and remember exactly who it was that that started. Uh, it had Robbie McCory in goals, James Tavernier right back, uh, Goldson and Suter uh, centre half partnership, and then Yilmaz left back. I think you'll see a midfield three of Raskin, Lundstrom, and Cantwell. With um, Sakala up front, Matondo left, and whoever was right, I can't Ryan even Jack. Ryan Jack. Oh, Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack. Forward. I can't go yep. further forward than Ryan Jack. And I, I still expect that to be um, to be the start lineup. I think they did enough to to show that they were to show what they had. The only change might be that one of Winstrom and Jack falls out. Cantwell moves back one, and you put a Yanis Hadji or even a Scott Wright. To a certain extent, uh, wide right and and play it that way depends if you want if you want the pace of someone like Scott Wright or you want the the inventiveness uh, of someone like Yanis Hadji and to give him more game time. So I think that will potentially be the only change. I'm not sure we need to kind of sit in midfielders as such um, in a game that's going to be like we like expect it to be Easter Road, but I don't ex- that I don't expect any more than sort of the one change. What about yourself, JP? What 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 lineup are you expecting to see? Yeah, similar to Craig. The only one I thought I thought Ryan Jack really tired um, and at parts um, and then obviously there's no doubt he he obviously hadn't played for a, a couple of games prior to that. So for him to come back in there and perform the way that he did was he had a good game. There was just times where you could see he was a few yards off it. Um, it's certainly as the game started to finish on. So. Not, I, mean, I imagine he's somebody that would tell tell the manager if he was fit, he wasn't. Um, but I think it'll be a game for Kamara to come into tomorrow. I know I touched on it earlier. 
Um, I think it'd be ideal tomorrow just to, for him just to come in and play the jack role, play just in front. At the end of the day, and we might like to hear this, it's a shop window opportunity as well. Um, if you're a scout looking to look at a player and you go, right, well, he hasn't, he hasn't got his arse off the bench for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it's been, then is he really going to... He's going to be interested in that. Uh, whereas if he could come in tomorrow and have a stormer, albeit not going to be moving to another SPL team, he's probably he's definitely going to be looking to move abroad or bottom end of the English Premier League. So um, if they could, if he could just put in a performance that we know he can do uh, and a, a ground that he's played well, uh, be good. Um, but I'm also intrigued as to how how we do set up. I think um, I would like Yanis Hadji to come in and see what he could do. However. I think the game's going to be won with pace tomorrow, um, especially if they've got that Lewis Stevenson starting at left back. He just needs to be targeted in and just ran at and ran at and ran at. Um, so, I mean, if it, don't, don't get me wrong, he's had a half decent career. 35, he can't run, he can't turn, and he's probably going to score a world against us at the week. <laughs> um, he's, um, he's one for the target. So, uh, yeah, one change, I think. Um, if there is more than one, I imagine it's probably a wee bit of fatigue or something. So, um, what about yourself, Ross? Well, I'll I'll approve of any team with Glenn Kamara in it, JB, and I know I'll take any stick from that. But you know, I love I love him as a player. I'm, I accept that he probably will move on this year, but yeah, I, I loved watching him. For me, I think it'll be the same team as last weekend. But I agree with what you've said there about Yanis Hadji. I think Yanis Hadji will come in for Ryan Jack, and I think he'll move Todd Campbell back one, which we've seen quite often throughout the season. And I think it makes sense in terms of a game where you, you think you're going to have a lot more of the ball and then therefore you can commit more bodies forward. And I, I think that's the way you'll set up. I, I think there'll be a wee bit of loyalty there from Michael Beale. That, that was a big performance last week. You'll want to keep most of these players in and give them an opportunity to, to really show that it wasn't a one-off. Uh, and this is a big game for them. So, yeah, I think Giannis had you come back in and, and Ryan Jack will drop out just Let's be honest, I don't think he trained leading up to the old firm, so maybe giving him another game so quickly is a bit of a risk again. At this stage, we all know that Ryan Jack's going to be here next year. Michael Beale spoke about the contract being offered, so you're probably better to just protect him and again, try and get a really good pre-season at him. So I don't see any risk being taken there. So we'll just finish off then with the score lines. Craig, what are you going for? Uh, I'm going for 3-1 Rangers. Nice, confident. JB, what about yourself? I'm going 3-0. Um, I'm going to go the next step. I'm going to go Tav, Penn, Dakala and Matondo. Oh, nice. Matondo to get his goal. I like that. That's confidence. I'm going to go 2-0 for Rangers. I think they should have enough to, to keep them out. Whether we see the same level of performance, I'm not sure. <laughs> Based on our season, we've been a wee bit inconsistent, but I, I think we'll get the result. So that's us. Uh, just a reminder, we'll have the, the Sunday session podcast. That'll be back at 8pm on Sunday, that'll analyse all the game uh, at Easter Road. You can find us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can follow, subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform out there, Apple Music, Spotify. If you enjoyed this, you know, please consider subscribing to the channel, give the video a like. It helps about massively. And all that's left to do now is, is thank the guests, Craig. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Ross. JB, you too. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. And just to call out, I'll be looking forward to watching the game on Sunday with the Lanzarote True Blues. So um, a bit of a shout out for them. Yeah, I like that. Lanzarote True Blues. I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy that. So yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Remember, leave a comment, you know, with your predicted lineup potentially or some players you'd like to see stay in the team. 
it's good to hear from everyone. It's good to read all the comments. We always do. And yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.